From Mountain Home to Raft River, we've got all the District 4 analysis you'll need to know. This is the Magic Valley PrepCast with Scott Burton. That's right. Welcome in. It's another edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, where we're breaking down everything in District 4 in the state of Idaho week in, week out. Brandon Bainey, as always, kind of uh, driving this bus to nowhere. And uh, let me bring on uh, the co-host and the guy who really uh, makes the operation run. It's Scott Burton. Uh, no, wait. Kelly Leak representing Chico's Bail Bonds. What's going on? <laughs> hey, it's baseball season. Time to represent Kelly Leak in the gang. Ready to get after it. How we doing, Brandon? Yeah, we're doing really good. So for those of you uh, that might be listening to this, you can get the audio-only version of this podcast at idahosports.com or wherever you download your podcasts. Uh, video version as well on the idahosports.com YouTube channel and Facebook page. And you'll, if you're watching the video, you'll notice we always have our names at the bottom of the screen, just in case you forget who's who here. I mean, people get us mixed up all the time, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. It's, it's quite annoying, but you know what? It's all right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a burden we both have to share. So uh, for Scott, in, instead of Scott Burton below his name, it says Kelly Leak, Chico's Bail Bonds, of course, the uh, great character from the Bad News Bears. So, yeah, where'd they go? They went to the Astrodome, and then they went to Japan, right? They went all yeah, over. Yes, they did. They were uh, world travelers by the end of it all. Chico's Bail Bonds flipped a pretty solid bill for that, just to sponsor uh, guys like myself. Yeah, no doubt. So yes, baseball season is just around the corner. Uh, and on this week's edition of the prep cast, we're actually going to be talking a lot of softball and some track and field. So we talked about last week on the prep cast. There's just so much going on in spring sports. We're not going to be able to get to everything every week because I mean, there's golf, tennis, track and field, boys and girls, baseball, softball. I mean, there's just so much going on. So we're going to just pick a few big stories and really shine the spotlight on a couple of things going on. And the first thing, you know, I, I check the track and field leaderboard pretty much every Monday. That's how I start my week, Scott. I'm like, okay, who had good times last week? Who had good marks? And I got to tell you, I looked at the boys track and field statewide leaderboard and it is littered with Kimberly athletes, specifically the Bear Brothers, Jackson, a senior, and Gatlin, a sophomore. I Boy, I tell you what, th this is something that comes through a school once in a blue moon. I mean, you've got two kids here who are just mega talented, but they've got all of the, the pieces of this track puzzle in place. I mean, not only do they have this just rare God-given talent, but they've got an extremely strong support system. You know, their parents are, are grooming them and training them, you know, not kind of in a, you know, William sisters kind of way, um, but, but really supporting them and, and showing them the way. And uh, these kids are doing it on their own. And uh, I mean, as we know, Jackson's headed to the University of Arkansas. Um, and these kids are going to be competing against each other in the SEC. I mean, this is an insane story, but, you know, when you look at what they're able to do on the track and in, I guess, the, the long jump pit and all that kind of stuff, they're untouchable, absolutely untouchable. Yeah, I mean, just at the statewide level, the state leaderboard, 5A all the way down to 1A, Gatlin Bear, he came like shot out of a cannon. He's already got the best one and 200 meter times, 1080 in the 100 meter, Scott, in the first meet of the year, the Kimberly Spring opener. That's insane. Yeah. Well, it is insane. You don't see that 
that early because, I mean, not only are you not into, you know, the, the, the track mode yet, but you're dealing with weather usually at, at that early in the stage, you know, and uh, this is just going to get better for these guys. You know, they are so explosive. And you talk about Gatlin, you know, their, their coaches, when they time his workouts, they just they just start laughing because they just can't believe how good this kid really is. I mean, it's one of those things, you know, I've been a coach a long time in, in various sports, but you, you get these kids that sometimes you just roll the ball out and let them go. And that's what these bear kids are. You know, they're, they're, like I said, they're guided well with some great coaches and some great parents. Um, and they're great kids on top of that. So, I mean, they've got all the pieces in place to really be successful, not just in high school, but in their SEC track career, which is really weird to say, but that, I mean, they're, they're just going in the right direction. I mean, they're like the Manning family, but for track yeah. and field, I mean, because the oldest boy, Peyton bear, he committed to Missouri or excuse me, to uh, to Mississippi state, uh, mm -hmm. another sec program. He's serving a two-year mission and uh, that'll be coming up uh, to an end soon. And so you're going to have two brothers dueling each other. You know, their teams are going to be dueling yeah. each other in the sec, like you alluded to in Gatlin. I think the sky's the limit. He could football, basketball, track, whatever he wanted to pursue. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people lining up for his services. He's only a sophomore. So, I mean, it's just incredible. <laughs> yeah. that Yeah. That's, that's what I'm talking about is just, those guys are, I, I just think it's going to be so cool to follow just from a Magic Valley standpoint, small town Idaho standpoint, um, when those brothers get to, you know, their respective schools and college and, and watching them go. And it's not just because they're a story. Oh, hey, Magic Valley kids made it to the SEC. They're running big time D1 track or whatever. But but these guys are actually going to make a difference there. Um, which is insane when you think about it. And, you know, not, not to get ahead of myself or anything like that, but these are the kinds of stories and, and launching pads and opportunities that you get if you mature in the right way. I mean, who knows? We may see some of these guys in the Olympic Games. I mean, that is just the kind of path that they're on right now. Um, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, it's going to be so much fun. So, so Gatlin, we talked about the best – 100 time in the state right now, 1080. The best 200 time as well, 2183. Uh, Gatlin also has the best long jump so far in the state of Idaho, 22 feet, six and a half inches. And again, that's first meet of the year, though, especially the long jump number. I expect that number to go up. And Jackson has the best uh, 400 time in the entire state, 5016. I mean, he could That's be running great. sub. He could be running sub fifty by the end of the year, which is incredible for a high school athlete. Oh, no question about it. You know, and I think the one thing that you know you have to understand when you've got this kind of talent is, you know, being an, an, an ex athlete from back in the day, um, which was a Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> you have to know your body, you know. And I think one thing that I I think these bear boys have is or they, they understand their physical limits, right? Because they did have, I mean, there were some injuries involved and there were some, some banged up bodies. Um, I believe last year they're battling some of these injuries, but one of the, the lessons that I think was learned here is that they know when to rest, you know? Um, and, and that helps having some very strong parent slash coaches 
you know, involved in this because it's so easy when you're that good just to push every single day, every single day. And then next thing you know, your body breaks down and then you're no good to anybody as far as the track and field goes, you know? And so I think that's one thing that these guys have is they understand when to shut it down. Yeah. And, and that's a good point you brought up because both of these guys played on the Kimberly basketball team that won the three, a boys basketball championship. So they went right from that playing up till the very end of basketball season, as far as you could possibly play to jumping into track right away. There was probably some dual practices going on because of that overlap between winter and and spring sports. So you're right. You have to listen to your body, trust your body uh, for sure. So Gatlin leads the state in three different events. Jackson leads in one, the 400, but Jackson we talked about is going to be a decathlete at the next level. And so he he's involved in a lot of different events. And now we're looking at the class three, a leaderboard Jackson, not only has the top 400 time, he's got the top 110 meter hurdles time, 1443, He's got the top shot put throw. I mean, this is uh, incredible. He, he's he's throwing it further than all these big, beefy, you know, offensive lineman types. He's throwing the shot put 49 feet, 10 inches. And he's also got the top pole vault mark at 13 feet even. Wow. Just, I mean, it's screaming Olympic decathlete. You know, I mean, you just don't get this. And, uh, and for those that don't understand, you know, track and field very – very well. I mean, I don't think people know what they're looking at here. You know, this is absolutely insane. I mean, we highlight athletes and we talk about their accomplishments and stuff like that, but this is such a rarity that we're seeing with these, these bear boys in Kimberly that when, when all said and done, it's going to be a long, long time before something like this, if ever comes along again. And so I hope people that are watching this or at least following it from a distance, understand how special this is going on at Kimberly with these boys and their, and their, uh, their athletic ability and their coaching and, and everything that's laying ahead for these guys. It is something to be seen. Yeah, for sure. And so Kimberly as a team, obviously just because of the bear brothers, uh, they're, they're at the forefront of the conversation of, you know, winning the state title. They won the three, a championship last year over sugar Salem. They scored 134 points and sugar got 92.5. Now sugar is always tough. They don't have as many frontline studs like Kimberly does, but the third, fourth, fifth place finishers are typically filled with diggers. And so that's going to be the big key for Kimberly. If they want to repeat sugar is going to be their toughest competition and it's going to be okay. We know they've got these two horses leading the charge, but can they get some of those other male athletes to fill in some of those third, fourth, fifth place slots? And that's ultimately going to determine, I think, how Kimberly does at the state meet. But we'll keep an eye on it for sure. Yeah, for sure. You know, track's one of those really strategic type of uh, sports, too. I, I ran track uh, for legendary track coach uh, Tim Dunn. And, you know, not only was he good at what he did, but he was good at – placing people in the right spots to maximize the points because just because you've got a kid that can run the one, two, four, and then maybe anchor the four by four, that doesn't necessarily equate to the maximum amount of points. I mean, you've got to put him in a position to where he's going to capture a lot of those gold medals. He's, he's going to be in a position to score the most points. And that may not be his best events per se, but 
that's the that's the weird thing about track and the cool thing about track is there's so much strategy involved in where you place people and you know coming from a, a program uh, when I grew up that I had a like I said a legendary coach that was so good at that and, and we won oh my gosh so many state titles under him because he knew how to to manage that you know and that's going to be the key you know and I know that Kimberly's got some great coaches and they're going to do that well but you know when it comes right down to it where are you going to put people to maximize your points because that's the key to track yep and i love the strategy that goes into that like you said it's it's a lot of fun to watch a coach fill out the lineup and in terms of what events are you going to compete in so um let's move on to uh, our second big story that we want to tackle this week and we're going to go to the softball fields where gooding i think very quietly has put together a very impressive start to the season uh but not anymore the senators nine and one on the year and i mean not to say they, they're not having a good season. They still are. But I don't think uh, they're going under the radar anymore because uh, they were just named to the top spot in the, the 3A softball coaches poll this week. They are 9-1 and one on the year, Scott. Their lone loss came to Weezer 9-2. to And, oh, by the way, Weezer's pretty good, too. They've only got one loss as well. So, uh, Gooding, you know, we, we I wrote the, the statewide softball preview for the site, idahosports.com, and that's still on the homepage. You should definitely check it out. We've got all our spring sports previews up there, tennis, track and field, lacrosse, um, softball, and baseball. Um, but coming into the season, you know, everybody was kind of looking at Kimberly as the favorite, and, of course, Filer, the defending 3A state champs. But all of a sudden, here's Gooding emerging from the back of the pack. 9-1, and one, what an incredible start. I, th this is a really cool story because, you know, this is a group of girls that have been together for quite some time. And when you talk about these great teams that we've talked about over the past, uh, whether it's football, basketball, it doesn't matter. It, one thing that they seem to have in common is that they have been together for a while. And it's no different with this Gooding team. And, and like you mentioned, they have flown under the radar and kind of lived in the shadows of Filer and Kimberly in this conference and now all of a sudden they are finding themselves at the forefront with an extremely talented group of girls that have been together. You know, they, they're on a little travel team. And uh, since they, you know, 14-ish, um, you know, even younger than that, they were playing at uh, the 10U, uh, seven seniors. And so, I mean, it's got some leadership. Um, and uh, they are so close and so tight together as friends that, I mean, there are so many stories that are kind of surrounding this, this little team that uh, they're starting to get girls out. I mean, they've had a hard time in the past fielding, you know, a JV team because their numbers have been right around 17, 18, whatever. All of a sudden they've got 27 girls out and they are good. And the thing is, they all sort of practice together a little bit too. And, and, and you will see the, the varsity teaching the JV, running them through some drills, showing them some things, because this program right now is the epitome of a program. You know, you, you talk about um, their their coaches, uh, Curtis Fleming uh, and daughter Savannah. They are running the show and doing such a great job. But the cool thing about it is, you know, that father-daughter uh, combination is family. And so that family type of dynamic really has filtered down to these girls and they treat each other that way. Um, one, one cool thing that they do, they do a lot of cool things, but 
they have this like dry erase corkboard uh, that they put down their goals, team goals, personal goals, whatever. And there's a section for compliments that they have on this board. And in, you know, in something, and it's, it's kind of a motivational thing. But at the end of the day, when they put all their sticky notes up, the, the compliment section is just overflowing because that is who they are. I mean, they, they're not um, trying to compete with one another. They're trying to bring each other along. You know, and a lot of times you get these teams that have one or two stars that just separate themselves. And that team dynamic, that family aspect is lost. These girls are not that way at all. I mean, from one down to 27, uh, it, it's, it's a huge family dynamic. And so uh, it is really cool to see, you know, and um, they are absolutely bought in to what Gooding is doing right now. And as a result, they're ranked number one in the state. That is so cool uh, because uh, especially with the compliments part of that cork board you were talking about, mm-hmm. that's mold, that's molding these not to be just good teammates, but to be good people. You know, when they graduate from Gooding and they go out into the world, um, they're going to take these lessons that they've learned from the Flemings, uh, the coaches, and apply that. And, and they're building the foundation of what are going to be great young women uh, in the professional world. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it is. And, you know, and we talk about this, these intangibles that, that good teams and programs have to have. Well, factor in Gooding's got some pretty solid talent on top of that. And if you combine those two things, holy cow, you have got a machine, you know, and you talk about, you know, some of these players, um, they've got the Durham sisters, you know, that uh, they have, they played the, the, with the dirt dogs in the summer. Um, a lot of the girls are, are doing stuff like that. They've got, uh, you know, two sophomore pitchers that are pretty solid. I mean, young, young arms. Uh, Malin Durham kind of leading the way on the mound. Uh, defensively, this group is solid. Um, and they have this really unique balance of, of everything. Speed, power. They're not afraid to lay down a bunt. And matter of fact, they go absolutely bananas when they lay a bunt and and do those little things. I mean, it's not about getting up there and swinging for the fence all the time. Uh, Kat Slimet, the other sophomore pitcher, you know, she's going to contribute a ton to this rotation. And, you know, and in softball, yeah, you've got to be able to, to hit the ball, but you get a couple one, two pitchers. That's all you really need, you know, to mow through people. And, and Gooding has that. Um, Alex Rowe, their shortstop cleanup hitter. She's kind of the cornerstone of this program. Um, you know, Morgan Durham, another one of those utility does everything, you know, and uh, they, they just have all the pieces talent wise. And then, like I said, you factor in this whole we care about each other. And man, I, I, I am really excited to see how far this team can go because they are really, really good. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Durham, May Durham in the pitcher circle. Uh, she mm-hmm. finished second in the conference in strikeouts last year as a freshman, only behind Samantha Taylor of Filer, who has since graduated and is now pitching mm-hmm. at Treasure Valley Community College. So that really speaks to her talent level. Um, you know, I talked to Filer coach Buck Taylor for my uh, season preview on the on the site. And he said, you know, Gooding has a new coaching staff in place this year. And he said, if if they can get the girls to buy in, 
I think Gooding is probably the team to beat. And that's coming from a veteran coach with some savvy. So he kind of saw it coming, and now everybody else is starting to see it as well. Um, and Gooding last year actually won the regular season conference title, but it was Filer who played well in the postseason. And so Gooding, I think, has a little chip on their shoulder in that way also. So- yeah, they do. it, And, you know, sometimes that's one of the hardest things to do when you have been kind of in the shadows for so long with powerhouses like Filer, who, like you mentioned, won the 3A title last year. To, to get that attitude that, you know what, why not us? You know, and that's got to be a mantra to an underdog because when you see the same teams that are cycling through the, the conference championship year after year after year after year, it's at some point you got to put your foot down and have some attitude and your mantra has got to be, why not us? You know, and I think there's where Gooding's at because they have a little bit of pep in their step. They have, they have a swagger. They, they've got something special going and they know it, you know, and, and, and you talk about the development that these teams go through. And I think one thing that's really helped Gooding was when they were uh, super young, well, uh, super young, 14 ish, 13, somewhere in there, you know, they, they went on a travel team together. It wasn't an all-star team. It was a Gooding team. And so they went to these tournaments as a Gooding team and, and took their lumps because it wasn't an all-star team, but what it did is it made those girls closer and, and come together and play together and know each other's strengths and grow up together. And, and I think that's paying some dividends, you know, and, and the funny thing is at the time, um, Curtis Fleming was not the head coach of Gooding during this little travel thing. And, you know, and he, he told them when they were young that their senior year, you know, we're talking about these seven seniors right now that they would be state champions. He goes, you've got it. You know, and, and these kids, keep in mind, they're younger right now. But he sees this group and he's not their head coach and says, I believe in you. You guys are going to be state champions. Well, fast forward and guess what? Guess who their head coach is now? Uh, it's Curtis Fleming and, he, and uh, his daughter, Savannah. So, I mean, talk about just the cards aligning, the stars aligning for this group. Um, they, they've got it going on. <laughs> that is so awesome uh, to see. And so, yeah, we'll definitely be keeping an eye on getting a 9-1 and one start to the year. The caveat is they haven't played any conference games yet, and that conference is going to be tough. Buell already mm-hmm. off to a 2-0 and o start. File are still the defending champs. <laughs> So Gooding has laid the foundation and, and they've won, you know, different ways. They've, they've won some pretty lopsided games, you know, 25 mm-hmm. to three over Parma, 21, nothing over window, but they've won a lot of close games too. a pair of one, nothing victories over Declo and mountain home. And we all know how good those two programs are at the two yeah. and four a levels respectively. And they, they beat Homedale, which I think is also a really good three, a program. They beat Homedale. Uh, at last week's uh, spring break tournament, uh, the win the pitch spring break tournament, they beat Homedale two to one. So they're learning how to win these tight games as well, which will help them down the road. Oh, there's no question about it. I mean, you see these teams, no matter what sport it is, that just blaze through competition, but they don't know how to win close ones. And they don't know what it feels like to be challenged or to have to come from behind, you know, and they, they just tense up. And you, you see that way too much. And so these close games are going to do nothing but help them. You know, and the other thing, too, that, that good teams have in common is they, they know how to have fun, too, because I think sometimes that aspect gets lost when everybody's so dialed in to um, winning that you forget to have fun along the way. 
And this group, they're not like that. I mean, you'll go to one of their practices and everybody's talking in a British accent, you know, <laughs> like, you know, it's just, they, they don't forget why they're playing the game. And at the end of the day, the end of the winning is going to come. I've, I've always taught the, the teams that I've always coached that winning is the byproduct of doing things the right way. And there's so many things to do the right way that if your focus, the top of the list is winning, well, you're going to, you're going to lose those things along the way that got you there. And one of those things is family. One of those things is camaraderie. One of those things is unselfishness. And the other component to that is fun, you know, and if you put those things in place and, under the umbrella of, yeah, we want to win some games and do some damage. This is going to happen, you know? And so, you know, having been around so long, I've seen teams that just have it all out of whack. You know, they're, they're doing it for the wrong reasons. They're too tight and focused here. They're forgetting to have fun. They just don't care about each other. They're the most talented team by far, but they can't get it together, you know? And, and I'm not seeing that with this Gooding team. Now, like you said, we'll see what happens when they get into conference, but, you know, through the first 10 games, they've got all the pieces in the right place. Yeah. And what a fun story. We'll, we'll continue to monitor what's going on with that Gooding softball team. And really that conference is going to be, you know, must watch softball all year long oh, as everybody sure. dukes it out. So yeah, that'll, uh, that'll wrap up this week's edition of the magic Valley prep cast. And again, you know, if, if you're out there listening or watching and there is an athlete, or a team or a story going on that we haven't, we haven't hit yet. And you're like, Hey, you guys should talk about this. Send, send me an email, Brandon at idahosports.com. Uh, and, and we'll gladly talk about it here on the show because we want to shine the spotlight on those athletes, teams, coaches, um, that don't otherwise get that recognition. So, yeah. And the cool thing about it is, you know, we talked today about things that were beyond a box score, you know, that is the cool part to me, you know, and so these stories and, and, you know, many, many thanks to, you know, the coaches uh, this week that, that shared those stories with us, because th those are the things that make these kids real. You know, we read the papers, we read, you know, we go to idahosports.com. We, we get all our good information from there. Um, but sometimes the stories behind the numbers is, is the cool part about it. And, uh, and, and, and that, that's what makes it personal to, you know, guys like us, you know, that don't really have a dog in the fight, but we have a vested interest because we, we see these players now as somebody different, you know, they're not just number three, they're, they're somebody, you know, and you look at them and go, I can see her talking in a British accent, you know, you know, stuff like that. And it just makes it fun for us as, uh, as media and, and sportscasters to, to get behind the box score. And that's yeah. what I like. Definitely. So uh, we will have more uh, stories, more uh, breakdowns like this on another edition of the Magic Valley Prep Cast next week. But until then, enjoy the competition this weekend and enjoy the, the beautiful weather as well. And for uh, Kelly Leak, a.k.a. <laughs> Scott Burton, <laughs> I'm Brandon Bainey, and we'll see you next time on the Magic Valley Prep Cast on IdahoSports.com.